Thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Brother Easter. Come on. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Greetings, precious brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors. I greet you in the matchless, wonderful, glorious, magnificent name of Jesus Christ, who is, who was, and is to come, the Almighty God. And truly, he is coming again. Believe it or not, Jesus is coming. Ready or not, Jesus is coming. And I can hardly wait. The Bible says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, all of this will be over. Oh, Lord. Amen. What you mean, Brother Easter? That means no more hospitals, no more pain and aches, no more bills, no more mortgage, no... Boy, y'all look disappointed. My goodness. Man, no more tornadoes, no more hurricanes, no more fires, no more earthquakes, no more death. It'll all be over. And there will be with the Lord throughout all eternity. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a made-up story. It's real. And it's going to happen. The, the Apostle Paul said, it's nearer than what we believe. Wow. And if that's the truth, then it could happen tonight. <laughs> what if it did? What if Jesus came back for you tonight? Question is, would you be ready? Or is there something in this world a little more important than being with the Lord? Church, friends, it's time to get our priorities in order. Jesus first. The kingdom of God first. Heaven first. Because there's nothing in this world worth missing heaven over. So I'm, I'm making up my mind. And I'm getting my reservation in order. I want to be like John the Apostle and say, Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm tired of this world. I'm tired of the wickedness. I want to see him. And one of these days, I will. One of these days, you will. One of these days, soon and very soon. I want to say thank you to all of you precious saints of God. You guys are so sweet and so kind and coming over and providing all kinds of good food for me. And man, I just tell you, it seems like every day somebody's walking up to the door with a bag of goodies. And I tell you what, I certainly appreciate that. And I thank you for that. Pastor and Sister Joe Strand, thank you guys so much for your hospitality, your thoughtfulness. Amen. They never leave me by myself. They're constantly calling. You okay? You need anything? I tell you, you guys got some wonderful pastors. <laughs> Hallelujah. They look out. They look out for us. They look out for us. Tonight, tonight I'm going to be speaking to you from the gospel according to St. Luke. 
and the 15th chapter. If we can stand together in honor of God's holy word. God's word is holy and sacred. We don't ever want to take it for granted. The 15th chapter of the gospel of St. Luke, beginning in verse number 1. And I'm going to read verse 1 down to verse 7 and then 10 and 24 of Luke chapter 15. If you have your Bible, say amen. amen. If you don't, don't say nothing. Just look on the screen. Then drew near unto him all the Republicans and sinners. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners. Aren't you glad about that? But not only that, he eateth with them. And Jesus spake this parable unto them, saying, Which man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he come home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner, just one, that repenteth more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. There's going to be joy in heaven over one. Verse number 10. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that turned their life around, that repented. In verse 24, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. I, I wondered this, this evening, is there anybody here want to make God happy? Anybody want to make God happy? Does anybody here want to see the angels dancing and rejoicing? It can happen. And all it takes is one, one soul that says, yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. I want to talk to you this evening about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. I'm going to title this, The Lost Chapter of the Bible. The lost chapter of the Bible. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit of God, 
It's not by my power. It's not by my might, but it's by your spirit. We can do nothing without you. Father, help us not resist, but help us to yield to your spirit tonight. Let our hearts be open to receive. Our ears open to hear. We invite you, Lord, to do what only you can do. Break down every wall of intimidation. I come against the spirit of fear and doubt and pride. I call those things that I'll be broken in the presence of the Lord. That at least, at least one person in this room will make a decision that'll change them for eternity. I pray, Lord, let it be tonight. In the glorious name of our Lord Jesus. And let the church say, Amen. The lost chapter of the Bible. God bless you and you may be seated. Hallelujah. There's no joy like the joy of being saved. Hallelujah. Being saved is glorious. Being saved is fun. I don't know when I've ever had more fun than I have living for God these last, um, 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 I got to do the math. <laughs> I got saved in 1981. Whoo, boy, that was a long time ago. And you know, I have friends that were watching me. They heard about me. Man, did you hear what happened to Mike? What? He went down to that church and got saved. You got to be kidding. Yeah, man. He has changed. But they knew me. They knew how I used to be. They knew how I loved going to the clubs. They knew how I loved to play my music. They knew how I loved to chase the women folk. And they was thinking to themselves, he's all that right now. But give him time. He'll cool down. He'll be coming right back and doing those things he used to do. But you know what? They still waiting. Because once you taste and see that the Lord is good, you'll recognize everything you've been looking for was in him from the very beginning. Everything you wanted to experience in life, it's in him from the very beginning. While some people run over here and some people go over there, Jesus is still the answer for this world today. He's your hope. He's your salvation. He's your everything. And people all around this city is going in all different places trying to find the answer. Jesus is still the answer. He's still the hope for this world. He's the only hope for your life. I was lost, but now I am found. I was in darkness. You know, when you live your life without God, you're living in darkness. The Bible says gross darkness. You ever been in a real dark room? I mean a really dark room? A room so dark that you can't even see your hands in front of your face? I've been in a room kind of like that. The door was shut, the curtains were pulled, and it was pitch black dark. But the thing about being in a dark room is that if you're in the dark, listen closely, if you're in the dark long enough, your eyes begin to adjust to the darkness. And all of a sudden, it don't seem that dark anymore, but it's still dark. 
And though your eyes begin to adjust in the darkness, you, you can make out the table. There's a table right there, and, and, and there's a chair over here in the dark. You can still navigate. You can still walk around without bumping into things because your eyes have adjusted to the dark, but you're still in the dark. And the thing that is so, amen, the thing that is so important to understand that even though you're in the dark and your mind is telling you, you're okay, you all right, you can make it. Hey man, you can survive in the darkness. Let me tell you, the devil is a liar. Don't you settle for settle for darkness don't settle for nothing less than what God has for you amen come out of the darkness and walk in the light Jesus is the light man I thought I had it made I thought I was doing okay but when Jesus opened the door and the light of God shined into the darkness I never realized how bright light can be and the thing about the light is when your eyes get adjusted to the darkness and you walk into a bright light, you get blinded. Am I telling the truth? Your eyes, your eyes the light is too bright for, the, for your eyes and your eyes are shut and there you are blind again. Not from the darkness, but this time you're blinded by the light. But you stay in the light. And you walk in the light. And the longer you are in the light, your eyes, hallelujah, begin to adjust to his light. And the things you couldn't see before, now you're able to see. And the things you couldn't understand before, now you're able to understand. And step by step, day by day, week by week, your understanding opens. And the realization of the light gets stronger and then one day you look back and see where he brought you from. When you're walking in that light and that door to the darkness is open and you look back and see where you came from. When you recognize what God brought you from, you have to sit back and scratch your head and say, I don't know how I live like that. I don't understand how I existed like that. I don't ever want to go back to that. Can you say amen? I don't ever want to go back to my old lifestyle. I don't want to ever go back to living like I used to live. God is so good. The experience of living for God is so rewarding. I wouldn't trade nothing for my journey now. This is a good life. Can somebody say amen? Here we find in the gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter, the Lord was talking to these religious people. You notice... Jesus had more trouble with religious people than he had with cold-hearted sinners. Amen. They were complaining that Jesus was around sinners. They were complaining that Jesus sat down with sinners. They complained that Jesus sat down and ate with sinners. And they were supposed to be religious. Man, I'm so glad Jesus don't care where you come from. I'm so glad he don't care where, man, the color of your skin. He don't care what background you have. He said, come and dine, come and dine. He wants to sit at your table, and he wants to commune with you. Yes. Oh, those Pharisees got upset, and Jesus began to tell them the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Verse number four, what manner of you 
having a hundred sheep and lose one. You don't leave the 90 and 9 in the wilderness and go after that one sheep until he finds it. Let me tell you something. When Jesus starts looking for you, he don't give up on you. He said in one place, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Left to our natural selves, we run from God. We hide from God. We don't want to do God's will. That's the part of our human nature. You are born a sinner and you have a sinful nature. You are naturally hard-headed. Ooh, my goodness. <clears throat> Amen. All of us are born with two distinct primary natures. One is, and this is everybody in this room, we are born naturally rebellious. That's right. We are born naturally rebellious. We come into the world kicking and screaming. Amen. Anybody coming in here? Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Babies come in hollering and screaming and kicking. Naturally rebellious. You never have to train a child to do wrong. Right? Leave him alone. He will do wrong. Because it's in their nature to do wrong. You have to train a child to do right. Why? Because we are all naturally rebellious. Look at the person next to you and say, you're rebellious. Amen. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. She said that. He said it. We are naturally rebellious, born that way. But there's another prominent nature that we all have. We are naturally religious. Yes. When we are born into this world, God puts something inside of us that yearns for something greater than ourselves. Sometimes we don't even know what it is. We know there's something more to life than what we have. There's got to be something bigger, greater, more powerful than we are. We just naturally recognize that. And people that don't know God, don't even know of his existence, they worship something. Everybody worships something. Some people worship money. Some people worship sports. Some people worship entertainment. Some people worship themselves. But you will worship something because we are naturally religious. So what happens when we have those two major natures working inside of us? When you are naturally rebellious and you are naturally religious, what comes out of that is that you want to go to heaven, but you want to do it your way. Amen. And one of the biggest struggles of preaching the gospel is trying to convince people you're going the wrong way. Amen. Hey, I, sometimes I just don't understand it. Jesus said, I am the way. No, that means there is no other way but him. He said, I am the life. That means there's no other life but him. Everything else is fake and false and meaningless. He said, I am the truth. That means everything outside of Jesus Christ is a big lie. 
and trying to convince people of that. Sometimes you just want to come down to somebody's chair and get them by the shoulders and just shake them. What is wrong with you? Don't you recognize you are standing on the threshold of eternity? The most glorious event that could ever happen in your life is when you make your mind up. I believe God and I will obey God and all eternity is waiting for you. But we are lost and undone. So the Lord began to tell that story. He said a man had a hundred sheep and one lamb was missing. And I often think about that one little lamb. You know, lambs, they're cute little animals, aren't they? Lambs are so cute, man. They, they just kind of walk around and stuff. They're so friendly. Lambs. <laughs> One thing about lambs, even though they're cute, lambs don't have no defense mechanism. Lambs can't fight for themselves. They have no claws. They have no sharp teeth. They don't even have a growl. That don't scare nobody. <laughs> Poor little lambs. They have to be led. They have to be shepherded. If you leave a lamb to itself, it will die. Lambs need a shepherd. And out of all the animals in the animal kingdom, it was lambs that God compared us to. Scripture says we all are like sheep. We're all like sheep. And I said, Lord, why couldn't you say we're all like alligators? People scared of them. Why didn't you say we're all like horses and regal and royal? But no, God said, no, no, you're all like sheep. And you know what's something about sheep that's common to us? Sheep are dumb. Amen. <laughs> sheep are dumb. You know what that means? We all are dumb. We need help. We need guidance. If you sit here and think, man, I got it all together and I know what I'm doing and I'm planning my own path, you're the dumbest of all. You cannot exist in this world the way you submit to be on your own. You need guidance. You need help. You need a shepherd. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And my sheep, my, 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 my sheep hears my voice. So this little, cute little, innocent little, dumb lamb. What happened? He was with the sheepfold. It was a hundred all together. But somehow this little lamb got to walking close to the gate. See, it's not good to walk close to the edge. Amen. The Bible says we ought to walk in the light as he is in the light. We need to be, all of us, need to be walking as close to Jesus as we can. And so much more as we can see that day approaching. This is not a time to put the Lord at a distance. This is not a time to, to walk in the shadows as close to the world as you can get. Amen? 
The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of God is not in them. But how many of us get caught up with things of the world? We get attached to it. Why? Because we're walking too close to it. And we don't think nothing wrong. We don't think anything could happen. That's what that lamb thought. Walking close to the gate. No, no, little lamb, come on in here where the flock is. Come on in the middle. Come on here where there's protection. I'm good. I'm okay. And you walk close enough to the edge, one of these days, that gate going to be left open. And that's what happened to that little lamb. He was walking close to the edge, and next thing you know, he slipped out the gate. And he's looking around and see all these massive pasture and all these fields. And that little lamb, he wasn't thinking because he's dumb. I'm okay. He looked behind him. Here's the gate. There's the flock. I'm, I'm in good shape. And so he goes look, walking around and he goes out in the field and the field gets larger and he goes out a little further and a little further and it always starts with that one step, then next thing you know, you don't know where you are. That's what happened to the lamb. The lamb was out there playing around, chasing butterflies, doing whatever he do, and never realizing how far away he was getting from the flock until he recognized, I don't know this place. I don't know where I am. And I don't know what direction to go. I'm lost. Anybody hear you? Where do I go? Where do I go? And that lamb was lost, but you know what? He wasn't alone because there was a big wolf out in those fields. Oh, my, my, my. That big old wolf saw the whole thing. He saw the lamb waiting for the time where the lamb would get further and further away. And now the lamb was vulnerable. It was away. It was away from the flock. Unprotected. That's what happened to you. And you didn't realize how far from God you had gone. But the devil was waiting. Oh, man, he was smacking his lips, and he's thinking, lamb chops for dinner tonight. And he saw that little lamb, and that little lamb looking around, and he's shaking, and he's nervous, and that wolf started crouching closer. And you know how them wolves do, man. They, they just go a little step and stop, and a little step and stop. And that lamb happened to look up, and he looked, and he saw the yellow eyes of the wolf. Right down the field. Oh no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, I need help. The lamb ain't got no sharp teeth. The lamb don't have no growl. The lamb don't have nothing to defend himself. How many believe that lamb's in trouble? How many believe you in trouble? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But there's somebody here tonight in the same position as that lamb. You're in trouble because the devil got his target on you. He has lured you away from the things of God. You have gotten away from the flock and now you're vulnerable. You are vulnerable and that devil won't do nothing but he wants to kill. He wants to steal. He wants to destroy. That's his job description. He got you in his targets. 
And now that little lamb seeing that wolf, and that wolf start approaching slowly and slowly and slowly. Then the wolf start picking up a little speed because the wolf knows there's no way that lamb going to get away. Because that lamb can't run fast enough. That lamb, he has nobody to protect him. He belongs to the wolf. And the wolf is beginning to run toward the lamb. And the lamb goes, bah, bah. And all of a sudden, something happens. Woo, glory to God. The shepherd shows up. Hallelujah. But you got 99. I know, but there's one out there in that field. And I, I know they, they okay, but that one lamb. But why go through all that trouble over one? Because you don't know the value of that one little lamb to me. He put everything behind him, and he came looking for that lamb. Jesus, the great shepherd, he's still looking for lambs that have gotten out the flock. He's still looking for people that are vulnerable. He's still looking for folks that the devil is looking for. And the great shepherd appeared. That shepherd got between the lamb and that old wolf. And the lamb was so glad to see the shepherd. What did the shepherd have? He had a rod and he had a staff. What did David say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for anything. He making me to lie down and still and on the green pastures. He restored my soul. And then he said, his rod and his staff whew, comforts me. Why is that? Because there's a reason for the rod. And there's a reason for the staff. The shepherd has a rod. The rod looks like a, a billy club. Some of them have a little string at the end. But the shepherd will take that rod and he'll swing it. And he'll swing that rod and hit the wolf. Chase him off. Somebody said, thank God for the rod. And his staff, that's that long stick with the little curl in it. That's not for the wolf. That's for you. That's, he takes that, he take that, he take that, that staff and he hooks it around your neck and says, get over here. I told you not to go over there. I tried to warn you not to, but you so stubborn and hard. And that rat, that, 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 that staff, he pull, he pulls you in. He pulls. It may not feel good when he get a hook on your neck and he yanks you. But I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did. Because he's my protector. He's my overseer. He's the watchman for my soul. God is looking out for you. He wants to help you. He wants to rescue you. And when he took that lamb and put him over in his arms, he began to caress it and love it. And he brought the lamb back. The 99 was still in the fold. But he said, hey, this is not enough just for me to rejoice. He called all his friends. He called all his associates. He said, come, y'all. I want y'all to rejoice with me. My lamb was lost, but now it's found. And the angels begin to rejoice just like they would over one soul that turns their life over to God. Can anybody want to make Jesus happy tonight? All we need is one. I don't know who everybody is in here, but
But a cloud this size, there's bound to be somebody that's out there far away from God. You're not where you need to be. You haven't lived the way you ought to live. You know what's right and you know what's wrong. But you chose to do wrong. And sometimes you can't help yourself because you got that nature in you. But God is here that says, regardless of what nature you have, I'm coming after you. I want you. I want to bring you to the place you're supposed to be. If you're here tonight and you're not in that place where you're supposed to be, you need to make up your mind before the end of this sermon. I'm going to get there tonight. God is calling my number. Somebody say amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> the lost chapter. The lost chapter. He talked about the lost lamb. Wow. I, I, I believe I hit, a, I hit a nerve in here. Somebody here can relate to that. The second item that was lost in that, that story, Jesus talked about a woman. A woman that had 10 coins. And she was in her home and working around the house and one of the coins fell off and she couldn't find it. She had nine coins, but only one was lost. She stopped everything. Hold it. I've lost my coin. I've got to find the coin. Let me read it to you. Luke chapter 15. Watch this. It's some good stuff in here. Verse number 8. Either that woman having 10 pieces of silver. Everyone say silver. That's, that's kind of expensive. She had 10 pieces of silver. If she lose one piece, does she not light a candle and sweep the house seeking diligently till she find it? And watch this. And when she have found it, when she have found it, she called her friends, her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Not only did she find the piece of silver, but she found peace. Hallelujah. Anybody here needs some peace in your heart? Anybody need some peace in your mind? You've been struggling and your mind is all messed up with bad news and, 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 and disappointments and, and frustration. And everywhere you go, it just seems like there's trouble here and so much drama over there. Oh, if I could just find some peace. I want some peace. She lost that silver coin. A lot of Bible study theolo theologians, they say that that, that, that that string of silver was something every woman needed, especially for their wedding day. It was precious to them. They needed all ten pieces of silver. Not nine, not eight, not seven. She needed the whole thing. And so one piece, however, fell off the ring. She stopped everything. Oh, no, I got to find that which was lost. And you know the interesting thing about this, brothers and sisters? This is, it was a lost coin. But the lamb, the lamb was lost out there. The coin was lost in the house. Oh, my goodness. You mean to tell me? 
a person can be lost in the house? Oh, yes. Yes. You can come to church and still be lost. You can sit in that chair and still be lost. It takes more than just waving your hand and saying hallelujah at the right time. Amen. It takes more than just say, I believe. You can be in church and still not be living the way you ought to live. You can be in church and still not do the will of God. And sometimes you can sit in church and act all pompous and like everything's together and you can fool the person sitting next to you and you can fool the pastor and you can fool the speaker and have a big grin on your face, but you can't fool God. You can be sitting in a chair on your way to hell right now in church. It ain't no once saved, always saved. That's for those people out there. That's for those denominations out there. There are some people that preach that. Once saved, you're always saved. You can't lose your salvation. That is a lie. You can lose it in the house. That's why that great apostle Peter said, save yourself. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Brothers and sisters, this is something we need to work on. Amen. Amen. We can't take this casually. We can't just be all hassadity and I'm saved so I don't have to do nothing else. No, no, no. God never saved you to sit. He never saved you to be comfortable. He saved every last one of us to be fruitful and to multiply and put our shoulders to the wheel and get busy about the kingdom of God. God has a will. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And if you're not fulfilling it, you're just taking up space. Amen. Something is lost inside the house. Don't, satis don't be satisfied with that. You, be, you have the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized. You've been in church for years. But you lost your fire. You've lost your zeal. You've lost your love. The Bible says, come on back to your first love. Come on back. Let the fire start again. Somebody asked me one time, Brother Easter, you know, man, you're getting up in age. I say, shut up. I still got more fire than most of y'all. Brother, you going to retire? No, but I will refire. Hallelujah. Glory to God, because I think we got something to be fired up about. Amen. Amen. I think we already got something to clap our hands over. We already got something to shout over. We always got something to dance over. God's been too good to you. In the house, in the house. There's no other place like being in the house. And how sad it would be to be this close to God and not make it in. When that woman recognized the corn was lost, she stopped everything. She turned on the light and she grabbed the broom and she swept, she swept, she went under the cabinets, she moved tables back, she was looking, I'm not going to stop till I find what I lost. Hallelujah. Did you, did you lose your zeal? Don't stop till you find your zeal again. Did you lose your shout? Some of y'all, when you first got saved, we had to sit you down. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Let the pastor preach. Now we got to check to see if you're still alive. 
Amen. Did you lose anything? Did you lose anything? Come on. Let's turn on the light. Lord, turn your light on. Shine your light on me, God. Is there anything in me that's not there that should be there? God, have I lost my edge? Hallelujah. Shine your light. Lord, put me on the x-ray machine and examine me. Am I doing what I ought to be doing? Am I what I ought to be? Or somewhere down the line, did I lose it? And if you lost it, don't settle for nine. You keep on sweeping. Shoo, shoo. I got to find it. I got to find it. Whatever I lost, I got to get it back tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, the joy. I lost my joy, but I'm going to get my joy back tonight. Oh, hallelujah. I lost my love, but God, I'll admit it, but I want to get it back tonight. Glory to God. God wants you to keep sweeping. Don't stop. Don't stop sweeping. Keep on digging up under things. Amen. Look at some things. Shine the light on some things. But whatever you do, get your coin back. Get it back. Get it back. Oh, Lord, don't let me stay like this. Shine your light on me. Take out your Holy Ghost broom and sweep everything out of me that's not supposed to be there. Right. Hallelujah. Because a lot of us, we lose stuff in the house because we got so much junk in the house. Amen. Praise God. You ever, you ever seen anybody eat at the table and they're real hungry? I mean, real hungry. <laughs> and I, I do most of the cooking at home. And I got pretty good at it. One time I cooked a casserole and I served it up. My wife said, who helped you? <laughs> I did it by myself. I love it, man. When I fix a meal... And my kids come in, and they sit at the table and start eating, and I just kind of sit back and look. And they be like, And I'd be, I'd be feeling, man, this is great. Man, it, it makes the cook feel so good when what he served up is being gobbled up. Amen. Same way with preaching. Makes the preacher feel good when folks out there gobbling it up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And I tell you what, brothers and sisters, what we have is worth gobbling up. Hallelujah. Don't get used to it. It's not bland. It's not all just everyday stuff. Man, we got the best meals. We got the best preparations. Lord, don't ever let me lose my excitement, my hunger. I want to stay hungry. Oh, God, I want to be hungry when I come to church. I want to, oh, I'm getting ready to mess with some people now, boy. When I come to church, I want to get as close to the table as I can. That's how you know hungry people. Hungry people right up in the front. Uh-oh. I ain't going to look at you. <laughs> I like to mess with people sitting in the back. Because y'all can still feel it back there, though, right? You can still you can feel it back there, right? Huh? Can y'all feel it? Y'all feel it back there? Can you, can, can, can you hear me good back there? It's better up front. 
Man, I like to get right up close to the fire. I don't want to see the back of nobody's head. I want to be focused, Lord. I'm hungry. God, feed me, Lord. Anything in me that needs to be changed, I want to change it tonight. I don't ever want to come to God's house one way and go back out the same way. I want something to get a light inside of my spirit. Lord, fix me up. Turn me how to turn. turn teach me how to turn this way. Help me to live like this. But don't let me stay like I am. Be honest with yourselves. One of the greatest sins of denial is self-denial. When you convince yourself, I'm good, I'm okay, I don't need that, you're lying to yourself because God's saying, you need everything I have and more. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm here tonight. I want to turn on the light. I want to look inside your heart. I want to move some things around. I want to get some things in their proper priority. Come on. God said, I want you to feel the same way. Take out the broom. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Let's clean up that temple. Let's clean up that temple. Let me get in your attic. Let me go down to your basement. Let me make you clean. Let me make you pure. And she swept and swept and wouldn't stop sweeping till she found what she lost. And when she found it, <laughs> she said, I found my peace. Hallelujah. There's nothing in this world like the peace of God when you know you're exactly where you need to be. Glory to God. Give us your peace, Lord. And when she found it, it wasn't enough that she was happy. She had a party. <laughs> she called her friends. Hey, come here. I found it. Well, I, I didn't know anything was lost. <laughs> it was lost, but I found it. Glory to God. Some folks don't want to come to the altar because they, they don't want people to think anything wrong with them. We already know something wrong with you. <laughs> There ain't nothing new. There ain't nothing new about that. Man, if I go up there and, and go up there and pray at the altar, people going to think something wrong with me. Absolutely, we're going to know something wrong with you. You know why? Because something is wrong with you. <laughs> and you can feed, fool everybody but yourself. But God knows. And he wants to do a work. He wants that peace that you've been desiring. He wants to give it to you tonight question is, do you want it? It ain't going to just pop in your lap. Do you want it? Ain't nobody just going to give it to you. Do you want it? It's going to cost you something. You're going to have to sweep for it. You're going to have to sweep for it. Somebody say amen. I say somebody say amen. Amen. And then the third, the third loss Many of you are familiar with the story. The lost son. We had the lost lamb. We had the lost coin. And then there was the lost son. The prodigal, they call him. It was two sons. Grew up in the same house. Grew up in the house. In the house. Here's another example. In the house. Both of them had the same father. Both of them were instructed in the same way, but one of them got a little hasty 
and he wanted his blessings in this world and not that one. You see, the devil, the devil will always come around and tempt you and say, listen, I got something better than what you got here. I got, I got money out there. I got jobs out there. I got people out there that'll, that, that'll love you and, and give you praise. You can find your purpose out there. You don't need to be in this church. Sitting in this church two and a half hours in this chairs looking at some short preacher from Virginia. What kind of fun is that? I got something better you can do. I got something that, can, that you can really enjoy doing. And no doubt about it, there's a lot of things out there that's fun. And there's a lot of people singing and dancing and laughing on their way to hell. Man, I tell you what, I'd rather be in a church getting ready for the rapture of the church and get my mansion and be in the presence of the Lord for eternity than anything in this world the devil can try to give me. Hallelujah. I want to be saved. But the son, he wanted his inheritance right then and there. <clears throat> he got full of himself. I've been in church all my life. And I never get to have no fun. I never get to go nowhere. How come I can't go to the party? How come I can't go to the prom? How come I can't hang out with my buddies over there? You don't want to do that, son. God has something better for you. But I want my inheritance right now. And he, he fought his daddy, fought his mama. And he said, I want to live my life right now. And so he got it. He got his money. He got his money. He got his clothes. He got his new car. And he had a bunch of friends. See, when you get a lot of money and a brand new car, you're going to attract friends. Oh, people are going to want to hang. Oh, you're all popular doppler now, boy. So he says, see, this is fun. Ain't nothing wrong with this. You guys are too strict. The church, too strict. We can't do nothing. The devil is a liar. So he felt like, man, I'm going to get out here and I'm going to have me some fun and I'm going to go hang out with my buddies and, man, we're just going to go here and go there and stop at the club and go to the bar and all the places my pastor told me I can't go. I'm going to check it out and I'm going to hang out with this group and that group and all the people feeding your head with, man, you're so awesome. Man, you're so cool. Man, I'm so glad to be hanging around you. And all of a sudden you get the feeling like you're somebody. Yeah, I got it together. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with this. I still pray. I still talk to God while I'm drinking my wine and drinking my beer. Mm-hmm. And then you see church folk and you smile at them and say, I'm free. I'm free. You in bondage. I'm free. Y'all need to be with me. No, sir. Whom the Son hath set free is free indeed. You don't know the freedom that we know. Hallelujah. That freedom you got is counterfeit. That freedom you got is temporary. That freedom you got is fake. The devil is making you a slave. And so what he does, that young person get out there and they having a good time, man, just living it up. And next thing you know, they got pictures all over Facebook of them with their friends. Pictures all over Facebook with them smoking, having a good time, trying to show the church, trying to show everybody, it's not that bad out there. I'm doing good. God ain't, you say God was going to strike me dead, nothing happened. And so they out there in the world, and the devil just setting 
them up. Can everybody say amen? May I have your attention, please? <laughs> hey, folks. Focus. Focus. That's one thing we got to do in church. We got to learn to focus. Babies are cute. Aren't babies cute? Aren't babies cute? Y'all don't believe it? Aren't babies cute? Yes. And you know what babies do? They cry. <laughs> Amen. When a baby is in church, the baby's going to cry. We already know that. So when it does, everybody don't have to turn around and look at them. Amen. Focus. The Holy Ghost is talking. And when that young man got out there in that world and all his friends, true to every circumstance, he hits rock bottom. His money ran out and his friends ran out. And for you know what, he's living in the pig's pen. Dirt and slop. And now his world is turned upside down. And all he could think about was, when I was really happy, it was when I was in the house. Oh, I wish I'd never left. Oh, if only I'd listened to my pastor. If only I'd listened to my friends in church. And they get so full of pride, they feel like I can't go back. Because they're going to all look at me funny and judge me. And they're gonna, people are going to say, see, I told you. And they're like, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to face that. I, if, if, I could just, if I could just eat the slop with the pigs and, 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 and just live in the muck and the mire. But it got so bad to finally, the Bible says, it came to their senses. Can I tell you, can I ask you something? What does God have to do? To get you to come to your senses. He loves you. You know, God draws us to him. And the first thing God does in drawing us to him is love us. He loves us to him. We love him because he first loved us. It's his love that pulls us in. That's what got me in. I just... Came to my senses one day, and I'm thinking, God, look at all the things you've done for me. And not one thing I've done for you. You give me breath in my lungs. You give me the ability to think. You give me strength in my arms. You've blessed me with an apartment, with a car. All these good things came from God, and I didn't deserve none of it. And I was unthankful, and I was full of pride but it was his love. And when I recognized it, when it hit me, I said, oh my goodness, I never deserved your love. I didn't come after you, but you came after me. You never gave up on me. And it was the, the realization that God loved me so much. Something in my heart said, God, I owe you. I owe you everything. And I told the Lord, my birthday was like three weeks away. And I said, Lord, if you allow me to see my next birthday, I'm going to be born again. And I'm going to give my life to you, Lord. And whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. Wherever you tell me to go, I'll go. Amen. Whatever you want, I'm going to completely surrender. It was his love that brought me in. He loves every one of us. Even the drunk in the street, the dope addict, the prostitute, the people that's gangbanging, cursing, profanity, he loves them all. But if his love is not enough, 
and he might just send you to a pigsty and take you to the bottom where the mud is. And God is saying, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to turn you to me, it's going to be worth it. Why do you have to wait until you get in a hard place? Why do you have to wait until you, your life is ebbing out of your veins to turn around to God? Why do you got to wait till you're put in prison to decide, okay, Lord, oh, okay, God, if you get me out of this, I promise, I promise, I promise. Why do you got to go that route? You don't have to. His love can draw you in. You don't have to suffer to turn around your life to God. Just recognize he's looking for you. The father, you notice, the shepherd came after the lamb. The lady went looking for the coin, but the father in this story stayed on the porch. He never came after the son. He didn't go out looking for the son, but he stayed on the porch, watching the horizon, looking for his son to come home. How come daddy didn't go after him? You know why? Because that boy grew up in the house. He knew what was required of him. He knew he was wrong and he knew how to come back home. Some of you have gone astray and you're waiting for somebody to call you on the phone and get mad when nobody calls you. Yeah. One lady at our home church, man, she, she didn't show up for three weeks. She came back the fourth week mad as a firecracker. Pastor saw her and he said, Brother Easter, go talk to her. I said, why you, why you got to have me go talk to her? Go talk to her. See, see where she's at. I said, oh, man. So I walked down there where she was. I said, how you doing, sister? I said, wow, what's wrong? This church is supposed to be a church full of love. Ain't no love in this church. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Ain't no love in this church. I said, my, my, what is, what happened? She said, I've been absent for three weeks straight. And not one person from the church called me. I said, wow, the pastor's supposed to call me. I said, really? Yes. The first week I was sick, nobody called me. The second week I stayed out on purpose just to see if anybody would call. Nobody called. So I decided I'm going to stay out another week just to see if I get noticed. Nobody called. I could have been dead. Church ain't got no love. And I, I looked at her. I said, Sister, do you read the Bible? Yeah, I read the Bible. Well, did you read the verse that says, if there's any sick among you, let them call. You sitting back waiting for somebody to call you. You sitting back waiting for somebody to, to look after you. Get your, get your thumb out of your mouth. Learn how to change your own diapers. Grow up. You know how to get back. You don't need nobody pampering you all the time and, and patting you on the head and babying you. Come on. You know what you need to do. Repent. Repent. And turn your life around and get back right with God. Hallelujah. Get back in the altar and pray yourself through. Hallelujah. That boy was lost. But he had to come home on his own. And man, when that day came, Daddy was on the porch. His heart was full. 
He was concerned about that boy. He loved that boy. And one day he looked up and he saw that figure in the distance. And he looked and he squinted his eyes and said, can't nobody walk like that but my boy. <laughs> That's got to be my boy. That's my boy. And he coming home. He's coming home. Daddy got so excited. He got so happy. And the boy was coming home just dragging. I ain't no good. I ain't no good. I messed up. I ruined everything. If I could just go and be a servant. I don't deserve to be a son. My daddy is mad at me and he deserved to be mad. But that ain't what daddy was thinking. Daddy's heart was pounding with joy. That's my boy. There's my boy. Boy, he was lost. He was lost. But look, he's coming back. He's coming back. And daddy jumped off the porch and ran to that boy. He grabbed him in his arms. He twirled him around. The boy was flabbergasted. He wasn't expecting it. But daddy was so happy. My son, my son, he was lost. But now he's found. He's back home. Oh, hallelujah. He was so happy. He was so excited. And that's what's waiting for you. That's what the angels are waiting for you. You're out there. You've been out there. You've been beaten and, and treated like a dog. But God is waiting for you to come on back. You know what you need to do. Nobody has to tell you. He's waiting to rejoice. When the father brought the son up to the porch tears streaming down his cheeks. He told his servant, hey, we're going to have a party. Tell everybody to come. Kill the fatty calf. Man, we're going to celebrate. And then he looked at his son with his raggedy clothes, and he told one servant, get my robe. Put my robe around him. He's barefooted. Look how dirty feet. Get my sandals. Put my shoes on him. And look at his hands. He took off his signet ring, the ring with his initials that represented his name. And he put that ring on his finger and said, boy, I'm going to give you my name. Hallelujah. Daddy, why are you doing this? He said, because son, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, when people see you, they're going to see the robe. When people see you, they're going to see the shoes. When they see you, they're going to see the glitter of the signet ring. And you know what? When they see you, they're going to think they're looking at me. Ooh, hallelujah. 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 What manner of love is this? God will do that for you and for you and for you and for you. You know you're not where you ought to be. But God says, I can put you in the place you ought to be. I'm waiting for you to come home. Come home. The lamb didn't know how to get home. The shepherd came looking for him. The lost coin was lost inside the house. And wasn't found until somebody started sweeping things around. And the lost son, he knew in his heart how to get home. Would you stand with me? There's somebody here tonight. God is waiting for you to come home. The world is not your friend. 
The things of the world is not your friend. People get so caught up in the world, they develop this worldview, defense mechanism. Nobody cares about me, so I got to take care of myself. And they get what they call street smarts. And they learn how to manipulate. And they learn how to survive. How to look out for themselves. And you're doing so without, you have no idea. You're settling for peanut butter and crackers and God got a steak dinner waiting for you. So which one are you tonight, sir? Are you the lamb? You done ventured out? You don't know what to do? The devil is on your trail. Hadn't been for God, you'd be dead right now. Lost. But there's a shepherd. He got a staff in his hand. And in the spirit, he's wrapping it around you. He's pulling you in. Don't resist him. Come to him today. He loves you. He loves you. Maybe you've been in church for a number of years. And you know right now where you're standing. Service after service. Revival after revival. You keep saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but you never do. Well, the Holy Ghost is here to turn on the light. And God is here with a great big broom, and there's some cobwebs in your spirit. He wants to clean you out. He wants to bring the shine back. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want it. That's what I want. I'm tired of being like I am. I knew I could do more. Okay, Lord, I'm in the house. Turn the light on. Sweep over my soul. And then there's another one of you. You chose to turn your back on God. And I want to know, I want you to know it's not too late to come back home. He loves you. He's welcoming you with open arms. And this church welcomes you with open arms. We want you to come. We want you to feel the love of God. And the Holy Ghost is speaking to you right now. And he is. Don't resist him. Don't hold back. You may never get this chance again. But he's calling you right now. Hey. Hey, lamb. Come on. Walk up here to the front right now. You're the lamb. Come on up here. God is pulling on you. You feel it in your spirit. Oh, Lord. Come. Hey. Hey, you. The light went out. You lost that coin. Something is missing. Something is missing. Don't keep lying to yourself. The Holy Ghost is telling you, I see it. I see what's missing. Come. Come and let me sweep the stuff away. And let me bring back the brilliance. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come to the front right here. Right here. Right here. Come to the front. Come on, right here right here. Don't worry about who's looking at you. It's you and the Lord right now. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. 
You can never commit sin so grievous that the blood of Jesus can't wash you clean. You don't have to stay where you are. Trust him. Believe in him. And come. He's waiting for you. The Father is waiting for you with his arms wide open. You're not coming. Will you not believe? You mean to tell me you got everything just right? Lord, help us. When that trumpet sounds, it'll be too late to run to the altar. When you come to get our last breath, it'll be too late to get things right. Lord, tonight, let your love draw us. We're going to give you a little more time. Come on. Maybe there's somebody beside you need a little encouragement. I'll go with you. If you want to go up front, I'll go with you. But God is calling you. Come on, young man. You don't have to be, worry, worry about your friends. You don't have to worry about what people are going to think of you. You don't even have to understand it all. All you got to do is believe. He wants to touch you. Jesus! You're here tonight. Give me back my peace. Give me, Lord, my purpose. Give me back the fire. Forgive me. Lord, I confess tonight I'm not what I ought to be. You know me better than I know myself. Lord, I don't want to be fake and phony. I don't want to stay in the rut that I'm in. I want to know you. I want to feel you. I want to be filled with your spirit. I need you. I don't care who's looking at me. There are angels watching and they're ready to rejoice over one. Just one person that'll get real with God. Just one person that'll say, okay, Lord, you're right. You're right. You are right. I want you. I need you. I love you. Save me. Help me. Strengthen me. Mold me. Examine me. Forgive me. Do it now. From the top of my head to the sole of my feet. <clears throat> Do it now. For the next few minutes, it's going to be you and Jesus. It's going to be you and Jesus. Talk to him. Will you do it? Will you talk to him? He's listening. He's right here. As we sing and pray, I want you to open your heart. Open your mouth.